already knew that. Let me get my microphone turned up here. Okay. Special Wednesday episode because there is no simulcast. There's no Bible show review. If you missed it last week, I'm going to real quick rephrase and restate why. There's not going to be any in the near upcoming weeks, months. Uh, Big Shrimp is in the hospital. He has been having trouble with um, a disease he has that does something to his bones and his legs and his arms. So if you want to know more about that, go over to his Instagram at big underscore shrimp underscore radio to figure all that out. So our thoughts are with Big Shrimp here. Um, I've been really texting him. I texted him, but he's not texting back, so I guess I'm going to try to get him a call here in just a few seconds, a few minutes after I get finished recording this. But before we jump into the, the, the special Wednesday episode podcast, if you haven't yet, go subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on iHeartRadio or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play, uh, add us onto your library and then give us a five-star review and then maybe even leave a little comment. Um that helps us move up on the podcasting charts. But no, you never have to do that, even though I really do ask. If you don't want to do that, you can always tell a friend about us because word of mouth is the best type of advertisement you can do. So you can also go follow the podcast on Instagram at the HodgePodge Podcast. You can go follow me uh, at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge over on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not on Twitter a whole lot. I don't really tweet a lot. I like and maybe retweet some stuff. But Instagram is where... You're going to follow me. Follow me there. I'm there almost all day long. All right. Right after this, we're going to go into the podcast. It's very, very, um, it's an odd podcast, very different, but it's also very, very interesting. So right after this, we're going to do the podcast. Hey, this is Cole Jones, and you're listening to the HodgePodge Podcast. All right, and we're back. So, you guys know that I'm a big, I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I just love the ideas of conspiracies, knowing probably 95% of them aren't true or don't hold any kind of true value to it. I just love the thought of what if, you know, and I was tired of Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus, so I went over to YouTube, which I do, I do mostly every night. I may watch a video or two on YouTube and etc., but... I was over there, and this video popped up, and I was curious, and I said, what is this about, and it was titled, I'm going to butcher it because I don't have it pulled up, um, Elvis, anyway, anyway, I'm not going to give you the name because I don't know it, I don't have nothing right here to show me what the podcast is, I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to put it in the description box, so this guy, what this video was about was this guy was there working maintenance at the hospital when Elvis Presley was rolled in on August 1977. And he was telling the story of what had happened and what he saw. And he owns the defibrillator that they used to try to resuscitate Elvis Presley. Now I'm going to read you his story. First I'm going to read you his email. And then I'm going to read you a story. And then I'm going to give you my thoughts on what what I expect or what I think, what I feel, etc. So after watching the video, I tracked down his email. I'm not not I'm not a not one of those people that stalk you. I'm not a stalker. Um, 
So, <clears throat> I'm going a little hoarse. So if I go in and out of voice, you know, in and out of hoarseness, then you know why I'm going hoarse. Um, but one, I've been doing like five podcasts a day. So I'm constantly talking like two hours at a time or something. But <clears throat> um, I sent him over an email and this is what I said. I said, I'm reaching out to you because I'm a giant Elvis Presley fan. I'm on both sides of the fence on whether or not he's passed away. I do a podcast and I talk all kinds of sorts of ideas and things and just stuff that's on my mind. I would like for you to tell your story on my show. Would you be interested? And I signed it. Thank you, sir. My name. He gets back with me about an hour and a half later and says, Dear Dylan, I'm an old man now and I'm not up to having any kind of interview of any sort. You can read what I have written below on the radio or podcast if you want to. But the story is just way too long to cover all of it in an hour. I have a book out called A Child's Love for God and Elvis by James McQueen that covers everything. I wrote a song in memory of Elvis. It's called Merry Christmas Elvis. The song is on YouTube if anyone wants to hear it. I will play that at the end of the podcast. My, and he continues. My granddaughter put the book on Amazon for me. It is an ebook. That is where they email you the story when you pay the price of $9.99. I will attach you a copy of the front of the book for you. Below is part of the story. And this is what I'm going to read to you. So, I didn't want to do an interview because, I mean, he's 90. But I figured, you know, he may want to jump on and talk. Um, so, he told me, I, you, you heard it, I got permission to read a story. And I'm going to read a story right here. It's not that long, but it's not too short either, so... Here we go. This is James McQueen's part of his story that is in his book, A Child's Love for God and Elvis. So here we go. I was a biomedical electronics technician for the Baptist Memorial Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. My name is James McQueen, or Mac as people call me. On August 16, 1977, while working on a monitor, I witnessed from my window Fire Department Ambulance Unit Number 6 whip it to the emergency department like a runaway locomotive at an extra high rate of speed. I've seen thousands of ambulances pull into the emergency room parking lot, but nothing like this one. I jumped up from my stool and said, damn, that fool's crazy pulling in here like he could kill somebody. I didn't know the ambulance was carrying Elvis Presley at the time. The medic driver and a man that looked like a police officer was wearing a pistol on his side, jumped out in a big hurry and opened the rear doors, pulling Elvis out on a stretcher. Elvis's head was covered with a white sheet like a dead man. His bare legs and feet were sticking out, though, from under the sheet about two feet. They were in such a big hurry, they didn't even back the ambulance up to the emergency room doors like normal. I thought they were going to bounce Elvis off the stretcher, pushing him so fast across the bumpy parking lot to the emergency room doors. The next day, I read in a newspaper that when the ambulance arrived at Graceland to pick Elvis up, he had been dead for some time and that he was lying in a fetal position and the rigor mortis had already set in, meaning his body was already stiff. That didn't make any sense to me at all because when they pulled Elvis out of the ambulance, he was lying on the stretcher flat as a pancake and limber as a dish rag and shaking like jelly as they pushed him across the bumpy parking lot in, in a big hurry to the emergency room doors. You don't hurry like that pushing a dead man, I thought. Nothing made any sense. Why was an ambulance medic wearing a pistol on his side? In 1977, the police and the medics wore the same color uniforms. 
I will believe until this day it was a police officer in the front seat of the ambulance with the driver and the other medic was in the back with Dr. Nick working on Elvis. Many times people have told me it was probably a radio on the medic's side, but we repaired radios in our shop, just like the police and the medics wore, and I couldn't spot one and I could spot one a mile away, excuse me, and that was not a radio. Why did they have his head covered up like a dead man, and what was their big hurry if he was dead? They almost ran into a brick wall surrounding the emergency room parking lot before they got the ambulance stopped. One more foot, they would have hit the brick wall. They didn't even back the ambulance up to the emergency room doors like all the other ambulances do. I later heard they had driven from Graceland to the hospital in 80 miles an hour. Why would anyone drive 80 miles an hour carrying a dead person? Remember they said he had been dead a long time when the ambulance arrived at Graceland. I turned around and went to get my supervisor before they entered the emergency room doors. By the time I got back to the window, the police cars were all over the place with their lights flashing. My supervisor said, Mac, let's go down and see what's going on. I replied with okay. So we headed for the emergency room, which was a good five-minute walk through the hospital. Keep in mind, they were working on all that time, which took another five minutes. The book tells the rest of the story, and every word is true. My book is also about God and religion, so if people don't like talking about the Bible and God, then don't buy the book. I was a lot like Elvis. He believed in God, and I do too. Very, very much. God bless you, Dylan. Thank you, James McQueen, or Mac. All right, now I also went into more um, research and all of the information and also got some more from his book, which he, he got, I emailed him. He doesn't mind me reading this. So here is just a little bit more from the book. It says, I went down to the emergency room with my supervisor to see what was taking place. Police officers were all over the place, and they had an officer guarding the door of room number one. You could hear the doctors were defibrillating Elvis. Nurses and doctors were running in and out of the room with medical equipment and supplies. I caught a nurse by her arm and asked her, who were they, talk uh, who were they talking and working on? She said, I'm not allowed to say, but it's a VIP. I heard someone cry out, breathe, breathe. They worked on this mysterious man for another good fi uh, 15 minutes before they gave up the effort. I read somewhere that they even had his vital signs back, which means his heart was beating and the blood pressure, but they lost it and couldn't get it back. After they removed his body, I went into the room and turned off all the medical equipment they were using on Elvis. The room was a mess and the cardio tracer paper was all over the floor. I marked the defibrillator panels with wire cutters cutting a V out on the rubber sleeve next to the white plug and kept up with the equipment until it was removed and replaced with new equipment. So. I, I was at a point where I was watching all these videos and I had changed my mind on the conspiracy that Elvis did in fact die in August of 77. And then I saw this video and he goes into more depth in the, in the interview that People took him, took him and others downstairs, and they told him that it was Elvis that had died. And so he got to keep the defibrillator because he claimed it and the paddles and all that that was with it. So here is where I'm at now. Like I said, I was at a halt and thought Elvis died August 77. You can't let him rest because he was such a big, iconic superstar. So of course there's going to be conspiracies that dead, you know, like Michael Jackson or, or, or Tupac. 
It's going to be the same thing for people like Eminem and Eminem. <laughs> Can't think of any more right now. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But here is my thing. The ambulance had marked Elvis dead on arrival. So if they got his vital signs back, that means he wasn't dead as long as they say he did, like enough for rigor mortis to set in. And he was supposedly died when he died in a fetal position. That's how he was found, and that's when rigor mortis set in and he was stuck in a fetal position. And he wasn't in a fetal position when um, Mr. James McQueen saw him. There are also someone that was dead. There would not be any kind of, uh, you know, cardio tracer paper. That means that they, in fact, had a heartbeat. They kept going and going, but there is no where, anywhere that says Elvis. We brought Elvis back to life. He was breathing. We had his blood pressure, and then we lost it. There was never any kind of. You you can't even go online and find it unless you watch this video. This is where. Only kind of information I found on this. And James makes some interesting remarks with, if you're traveling with a dead man, why are you driving 80 miles an hour? He's already dead. Maybe, maybe they were scared because it was Elvis. You know, maybe they thought, maybe he's really not, you know what I mean? Maybe they were scared because it was Elvis. Maybe they were scared. Um, just maybe. Just maybe. So, James, I want to thank you if you're listening to this. You told me to send you um, the episode once it goes up, and I will definitely do that. James, I want to thank you again for letting me tell your story here on this special Wednesday edition of the HodgePodge podcast. I really do appreciate it, sir, and I'm right there with you. I don't really think people are telling the whole story. I'm going to buy your book because I really want to read it. Um, after seeing this so the book will be in the description box below also the video that I saw will be it's on spa guy s-p-a-g-u-i was on YouTube that I don't know who that guy is it just popped up he has a bunch of Elvis stuff which I watched so spa guy on YouTube is where I saw this James McQueen video which will be again in the description box below in the podcast so, that's all I have. I don't really know what else to say. I don't really want to say anything else out of respect for Mr. McQueen here. Um, again, thank you for letting me read your story and telling your and, and telling your story and getting it out there. Um, so, all right. Until we talk mon- next Monday with Blake Grayson, catch you guys on the flip side. Enjoy and frown less, and I'll catch you later.